Imagine if each morning when you wake up, you're smiling and looking forward to your day, knowing you are happy even while you're dealing with grief and loss. The Grief and Happiness Podcasts inspires, comforts, and supports you with each new episode. I'm Emily Zerothret, welcoming you to explore with me your life of endless possibilities. Aloha. I am so happy that you're here to join us today. We're going to have a wonderful conversation with Renee, who's who's written a, just a beautiful book. It's called After the Flowers Die. And I just love what it looks like. It's a nice hardcover book and it feels really good. And I like it especially because it's, it's lots of short things. So it'll have a, a picture and then just a couple pages on, on a different subject. So you can you could read it from cover to cover, or you can pick it up and read just one where the that particular topic reaches out to you at that time. So it's it's a it's a really special book called After the Flowers Die, which which I love. That's one thing I actually talk about. I encourage people to do something other than giving flowers. Yes. <laughs> because they do die. <laughs> so I give plants if I'm gonna give something so so they can plant it or live for a while as a house plant. So welcome, Renee. Can you tell us a little bit about you? Uh, yes, Emily. I am from the great state of North Carolina. Uh, I don't get to say aloha often, so I will say aloha to you Thank and your you. audience. Um, and I just am busy. Uh, you know, I do writing. I do investing with my family. I work. I live on a farm. There's a lot of work involved in that. Um, I now, I would say I'm semi-retired somewhat, but I'm busier than I've ever been. Um, and I've taken up ballroom dancing, which is Ooh. the craziest thing in the world, but I'm really enjoying it. And I love to RV. I love to be outside. I love to hike. Um, but I spend a lot of time working and doing special projects for other people. Oh, that's wonderful. I I always wanted to ballroom dance. I, I took ballroom dancing when I was younger and I'm I'm very tall. I'm six feet tall. And when we'd be sitting in, in class, the guys would come over and ask you to dance and I'd stand up and they'd look up at me and then go on to the next girl. So it's I think you should give it another <laughs> try. Do give it another try. Oh, it's fun. Because, My daughter does yeah. it, and she's she's yeah. fabulous. She's done it since she was in junior high school with a, a special group where they teach um, differently abled people how to do ballroom uh, dancing. And yes. so the, the each each person has a teacher that they dance with uh, right. once a week, and they do performances and stuff. And she just loves right. doing that that kind of teaching and working with the people that she gets to. Right. Yeah, so my daughter's doing it as well, and she has a. She was born with a special need, and oh. it's really a beautiful thing that ballroom dance really can accompany every everybody. So I, I encourage okay. you to go back. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I know. I always like to to watch her her dance. I was there watching her one time, and one of the uh, the special people came up to me and asked me to dance since I was just sitting there. And I said, "Well, I can't dance like you guys can." And he said, "It's okay. I'll teach you." Yes. And I just thought that was so sweet. Yes, and we all can be taught. It's, mm-hmm. it's there's always learning, so it's a beautiful thing. And and I think. It, 
what I've noticed about dancing, particularly, and it's really helped with grief, um, mm-hmm. is that it brings uh, such joy and I can leave everything behind. I just get out on the dance floor and I don't have to worry about anything for a whole hour. Oh, except for, beautiful. you know, if, you know, and even then, and even if I get my feet, it's not the end of the world if my feet are going crooked or, you know, which I do. Um, and I add extra steps or something like that. It's, it's, there's no wrong to it. You're, you're learning and mm-hmm. it's, you know, learning is, I think particularly as we get older, we realize that's a constant state of life and that is really okay. Yeah. So, yeah. And it just, it just feels so good when you get to do it. Yes. I was so so thrilled that that my last husband, I've had two husbands die and the the last one, I could dance with him. He was taller than I was and and we loved to dance together and it it just, it felt so good. There's just something exhilarating about it that you don't get from anything else. I actually, in in my new book that's coming out, I have a a chapter on dancing (laughs) because I I believe that too. It's pure joy, you know, and I think it's totally joy joyful and it raises your spirits it does all sorts of great things for your endorphins and everything else that's in your body so it's a wonderful wonderful thing to do it really is thank you for bringing that up because that's that's a really good topic for people who are are dealing with grief that to to do something like that it's it's a good part of self-care really really well and when you asked me to talk about how to prepare children Mm -hmm. for a passing one of the things I didn't include was they need to see us because there, there's a lot of tangible things we need to do when, you know, we're preparing for our children and preparing them. But there's a lot, far more intangible things. And one of them is to show joy, to show how, how am I doing life? You know, what am I doing new and exciting that excites my soul? And, I, you know, that is a really huge gift to our children. And I, I mean, I know, I, I noticed it in my older children, you know, they'll, they'll say something about it, you know, and, and they realize that it, it brings me joy. And that is a gift. That is a way of preparing our children for our passing in the sense that, you know, mom did have fun. Mom enjoyed this. Mom enjoyed life. And, and leaving that is a legacy, part of the legacy of, of what we we can do for our kids it, it so that's truly one of is those. yeah yeah and I, I was thinking i you know i made a list and i have a pdf file so i can you know your audience can email me and if they would like and get the pdf file there's a lot of things we can do for our children i i, I you know i have what i call a see a box and that means i'll see you later box and they know where it is um, I mean, it has all the tools and you'd be amazed. And I know you've had other people say, get a will, get a will. Everybody says it, but not many people are doing it still. And it's really, but, you know, wills, executors, you know, who do you want to have under, you know, to take care of your children, all that kind of things. Um, personal letters, that all that goes in my CEO box with my life insurance. But along with the joy factor in the ballroom, I was thinking, what is it? what's really important that we leave our kids and how do we get them ready for a passing? And I, you know, one of the things I was thinking about is like a moral code, you know, we show them, we show them, okay, this is the way our family operates. This is what we value. 
And this is how we go about it. I mean, and I'm not saying you force somebody into a religion or something. Um, I'm a, I'm a person of faith. They know my faith, but that doesn't mean that, but you know, this is how we operate as family, you know, and we actually, my family and I, we did something really, I thought was incredibly fun and they were a little reluctant, but to get young adults on board on this was a really fascinating thing. But we did this, uh, my lawyer had this person who could come in and share these cards and we would pick values that we all personally took to heart that we felt like were our values, our core values that made us who we are. Um, and then we got together around the table and sh- she talked about each of them and we talked about, and we told everybody our story and this is what I value. And then we went and we picked our top five out of all of them. And so it became like our family's core values. And it, it was really fascinating because you can point back to that and say, wow, we, we are doing that as a family. We're following this. And I've heard of other families doing like code, you know, a coat of arms or things. So I, I, th- I really think the intangible things that we live are the best things we give to our children. Yeah. And I don't know if that's how you feel, but um, I'm sure it sounds mm-hmm. like a good idea, but I don't, I think being intentional about it is really, really important and talking about it because I don't think enough times we are. You know? uh, I agree with that. We mm-hmm. need to talk about that sort of thing. And and people just don't usually, I, I was thinking as you were saying that I, I have a business, an ambulance company in California that uh, yeah. has been in the family for over 60 years now, uh, 65 years actually. Mm-hmm. And we have our core values, you know, framed and on the wall. And yeah. I have a, a nonprofit organization that has to do with the grief and happiness work that I do. And we have our core values all clearly devi- defined and on our website. But I think families, you know, people in general don't often do that. And why not? That's that's just a, a really good idea to do that. And I love your your see you box. Is that what? Yeah, it's I just it's like see ya, see you yeah. later box. See you soon. I, I like that. I don't want to say see you soon. I'll say see you later. See you. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that. Yeah. I think that that's really cool. And I was I was thinking with that too. I just I recently had to to go to the hospital for a little procedure thing, and they were having me. They were asking me all these questions when I checked in and they said, do you have a durable power of attorney for healthcare?" And I said, yes. And she said, oh, and I could see that she just almost automatically didn't put it down because she says, nobody does that. I know. <laughs> I said, well, I do because I think it's very important. <laughs> it is. You know, it is, the role of, of a professional or even just reading what you need, not everybody can just actively afford or the lawyer right off the bat. Uh, but they are worth their while in setting up, particularly if you have children, that it's just so important to talk to somebody who who knows, because with this, particularly with the young, because you want them to feel. I think part of the thing that we do with when we're getting them ready for our passing, and the problem, well, not the problem, the truth of it is, is none of us know when, just like that this story you told me beforehand, um, when that's going to be, but it, it provides you with comfort that you're, you know, what's happening with your children. And then you can actually even say something because children, you know, I, you can use the death of an animal as a way of 
besides it being terribly, terribly painful, I don't know about you, I cry so hard with animals, but for them to see that and for them to, you know, mourn and, and, and all that, but you can prepare their hearts to know, okay, I'm, you know, what about me? Am I going to be cared for if something happens to you, mom, you know, and, or dad? And, uh, you know, later on, as children get older, I'm a big advocate of, of older children, you know, teens or what, going to funerals. Because I think if anything COVID did show us is that we've anesthetized up. You know, we are, I don't know about you, but my grandparents, I, I'm, I'm two generations moved from the body being put on the table or the, the coffin being in the parlor. And, uh, but we, we've become so distant from it that we don't talk about it. So it is stunning to us. And I mean, it's stunning to everybody, but I think it's more stunning to us now. And I think COVID kind of blew the, the lid off of that you know, the last couple of years. So where children are asking, you know, they're talking about it. And I, I think sometimes we try to hide it from them, you know, and, and I don't think that's a good idea. I think it needs to be talked about um, in a, a age appropriate manner. And I, I think that helps them. Um, oh, I agree with you. Yeah. I really do. We have, we have an organization on the island here called Nakiki Kiki Sword for Children, Nakiki O Emilia. And that organization was was formed by Emilia's mother. And she was she had a baby. She she and her husband had been looking forward to this for a long time. And while she was pregnant, uh, the the doctor found something that he thought was could be cancer. And he said, but, but you're pregnant, so we won't worry about it now because you, you're young and it's not going to, well, they should have worried about it then because it metastasized uh, and she she left this very young child. Uh, and it, he was, he wasn't very old. She went, when like maybe two or so when, when yeah, she okay, died, but the whole time that he was around, she was dealing with this. And her mom had been a counselor. She was retired. And she said that she was so concerned about her grandson that he wouldn't have support or help from somebody to to actually deal with grief. So she founded the organization here called Nakiki Oa Emilia, where they uh, provide grief services for kids. And it, it's a beautiful organization. And the, the kids get to uh, talk and do crafts and art and different things and talk to other kids who also are dealing with loss and to, have, to normalize it, you know, that, that it's okay. I think a lot of times children think they're the only one that ever had someone who dies because nobody talked to them about it before. Yeah. yeah. And um, I mean, this is a horrific story. I'm very thankful for the group for recognizing that children need this because there are, you know, grief groups for adults, but often you don't hear about it for children. You know, but the thing is, we have to take it home as parents. Yes. So, yeah, we have to. It's one thing, and I'm not saying this about your group, but, you know, we can farm out things. And Mm -hmm. I don't, I, I, I think if we're not talking about them and having these quiet moments with them, and developing that relationship, I, I don't think it's it's something we're not preparing them for. Um, I mean, 
you know, the, the beautiful thing about what you just told me, though, is community is so vital. And I think that makes a child, young or old, older, feel comforted and loved, that they know that they're not alone. They're not by themselves. There's a community surrounding them. And, and I've worked really actively on getting mentorships for my, my you know, even informal ones for my children all while they were growing up, just so that they knew that, okay, if they can't turn to mom and dad for something, they can turn to this person and this person. And they're, they're still friends to this day. And, and the friendship actually changes from one of a, you know, adult to a child to a friendship. And so the community aspect is really important. I, I like what yeah. you're doing there. That, yeah. is, that is very, very beautiful. The, the community, mm-hmm. I think, is so important. And a lot of times I think people don't know parents uh, especially don't know what they're supposed to do or how they could talk to their kids and one thing that's happening right now that that is quite wonderful is there are books coming out that are, are children's books with different things that have to do with with grief and they're they're quite beautiful um so if if you are a parent who would really like to talk to your child about death and dying you can read them a book and that can start a, a discussion about it. And I, I have one friend who is an artist who lost her dad when she was like junior high school age, I think. And she used her art to deal with it as, as she was going through the rest of school. And she ended up writing a, a lovely children's book about a grandmother dying and, and illustrating it since she's an artist, beautiful illustrations in it. And it, it, she included in it an art project that the kids could do. Wow, that's wonderful. And I thought, how cool, because it's not just telling them or just reading it with them. It's something that, that anybody could do. It's not like a complicated one or that you need to go out and buy stuff to do it. So anybody could do that and help them um, have a way that they can deal with their grief and see to normalize it. Think that they're not the only one. And what what a beautiful picture of parents sitting down with their children, doing the artwork around the table and discussing this. And then that always leads to, well, what about your great grandmother or, you know, I think the idea of at that point, you know, you have that sheet of paper, man, draw a family tree, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, okay, say this is where far back I can go. I can go back to Alfredo Pocahontas Ramey, um, which is um, an interesting wild name. Um, And that was four generations, five generations, no, four generations for me, which makes me the fifth. And then I passed that on to my granddaughter. That means we've stretched, you know, between five and seven generations. So you bring something like that, you give them a sense of belonging and a sense of somebody's come before me, there will be people after me. Uh, there's a sense of continuity and the, the beauty of this world that they can That's such hold a good on idea. To. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I, and we, um, at our house, the publishing house at Endgame Press, they have a book called Fly High that uh, reaches to children as well and grief. And it's a great companion to mine. But I, you know, I, as I think about all these other things that we can do with children around the table, I also, I just, I 
just had to be with my sister uh, because there were some more things that came out of my parents. It was the final, it's time to get rid of everything moment. And so we only, we had a very short period, you know, how it, it's almost sometimes there's a lag and you, you just kind of forget about it as it, because storage units, then I think everybody has a storage unit, right? And so we put everything in there and so we forget about it and then it's time to finally get rid of it. So it's kind of like a hurry up and wait um, or wait and then a hurry up. So we were going through this and I was astounded not just by, and my, my parents weren't hoarders, but it's amazing what you can put, you know, in places. So, I mean, I'm pulling out pictures and finally my, my sister, my sweet sister was with me, my sister Robin, and she was just taking, you know, one picture at a time, one picture, I said, sweetheart, look at you. And I'm like, just looking at all this stuff. I said, just put it in a plastic bag. All the pictures you can find. We can go through that at home, but we've got to we've got to take care of this whole whole room. But the pictures that you find, uh, I mean, they're priceless. But had not my cousins come in after we had to leave because we live out of town, they found even more pictures. So it's nice to have a cleanup crew when you're going through, you know, and 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 so you're able to pass them on to your children and. That's something I think I really want to do to ready my children for my passing is to be a lot more organized in my physical, the physical scope with pictures, writing, whatever, whatever that is paperwork. Uh, but also I'm really, really concerned about most of our tech because you think about it, what are we keeping on? our computers, what are we put keeping on our phones? And when we're not here, I mean, these little kids know how to use everything. So I think it's time for people to be really wise and, and, and go through that with the eye of, do I want other eyes on this? And because that is a legacy you don't want to leave to your child. That's really true. And yeah. it's, it's important yeah. to go through the things. I've, I've been kind of on a, a kick for a while where I just I I I had to take care of all of my parents stuff and my yeah. aunt stuff because I was conservator for her and I mean they, they were depression people so that we they didn't throw anything away and it took forever yeah. and most of the things it wasn't labeled I didn't know who they were so they weren't that yeah. significant to me where if I knew who they were it would have been cool yeah. so one of the things that I did was I got some um big mailing envelopes and put a name on each one of them of people who I've saved pictures of. And, and I just sorted the ones I, I keep the ones that I still want to refer to, but I, and I made copies of ones that I wanted to give to more than one person, but I filled up those envelopes with all these pictures and then uh, mailed them to them instead of them having to go through afterwards they have them now and they can look at them and if they have questions about it, they can ask me about them now. Yeah. Which is a beautiful gift. Yeah. A beautiful gift to them. And I had that, you know, moving is always a great opportunity <laughs> to do this. So I recently moved in 2019 and I, I did something very similar. I just got bent. I didn't realize, I didn't realize the trunk opened and had things in it, you know, so you open the trunk and you realize you have things like I, I had awards from my stepchildren's 
elementary school, you know, 30 years ago. And so I just got, I labeled bins for each of them. And I did the same thing. I sorted them. And then I said, hi, I love you so much. Here they are. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so you give them the trophies, the, you know, the, the special stuffed animals, whatever the case may be. But um, it does help. And you know what? Because I'm looking at this thinking, oh, my goodness, this is so much stuff. But I gave it to them and they each enjoy going through it, which is a special idea, you know, that they they now realize that they have things too to pass on. Now, what they did with it at that time is on them their own. And, but it is. It does generate conversation. Oh, it does. Yeah. It, it's really wonderful. I, I know with my daughter, when we were moving, I, I packed some boxes for her. And she said, I don't want all this stuff. And I said, well, that's up to you to decide. I said, here, here they are. You can go through them. You can ask me anything you want to about it. And I would love for you to have these. But if you don't want them, you it's okay with me if you give them to somebody could, that could use them or pass them on or throw them out or do whatever you want to with it. But it's your decision because they're, they're things that have meant something to me, but they won't necessarily make something to you. But I'd rather give them to you now where you could ask me about them if there's something there that you don't understand why I would have put in, in those boxes. And it, I, I, it was a good experience for me as well as for her. Have you gone through the photos that you have of you? Have you edited your photos from college days or... I, I put some of them in there when we were going through that. I, I think the thing that, that really uh, got me started on it was my my last husband who died. We were together for 10 years, but he was around for a whole lot more years than that before he met me. And we had boxes of photo albums that I had no idea who anybody was in any of the pictures because he had a life. You know, it, that's what happens when, when you yeah. get married when you're older. Mm-hmm. And I I just, I wasn't sure what the things were. So I went through all of them. And if I could figure out which relative or child would, this one should probably go to, I, I got them to them. But I thought, I wished I would have gone through them when I could have gone through them with him. Yeah, I didn't even realize that all of them existed until I started cleaning things up. And I said, oh, why didn't we talk about this? Because right. it's it's really important to talk about those things and share them. I, I had one interesting thing just happened a couple of weeks ago that at one point my daughter gave me for a birthday. Um, oh, I think it was Ancestry, Ancestry.com right. right. thing. And we, we both did it because we were looking for something in particular that we didn't find by doing it. But every once in a while, I'll get an email from Ancestry and I don't pay the monthly fee because there's not that much on there with my family. They just don't have very many things written down. But for some reason, I opened one that I got. And it says, we found a a hint for you. And I opened it and there was a picture of, it was like a high school graduation picture of my husband, Jacques. And I I didn't even know what he looked like back then because he was so much oh older than goodness. I was. And it was a beautiful yeah. picture. I thought, God, he was gorgeous, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I sent it to his cousins who were still around and they were so thrilled to get to see it. And they could tell me about him at that time at a time that I didn't know him. 
uh, they, it brought up stories and memories for them by sharing that. And it's not one that any of us had any place. I don't know where our ancestry got it, but it, isn't it, it was amazing how people really just cool. put them up there. And but I think what is happening there is, is the family history grows. Mm-hmm. You know, when when these things are exposed to the light, so to speak, and you open it up. I haven't done that yet, but I'm beginning to wonder if I shouldn't. But, you know, my daughters did that. They both were adopted from China, my youngest, too. And it really gave them a sense of history because they have nine. And, and so I was like, how do I help them? So one daughter... She she actually knew her foster parents, but she, neither of them knew their their biological mom. So they she still stays in contact with her foster parent, and I always encourage that. But my other daughter, she was she never knew, and she was never close. She had a really bad orphanage experience. Mm-hmm. So one day, you know, I, I do think one of the best gifts we can do with our children is just have a white sheet of paper and a pencil and and see what happens with them. And I said to her, and I am not an artist. You know, I, I love the people who work with the children there who, who, who can do in Hawaii, who can do the art projects. I'm not like that. But I said to her, I said, well, why don't you tell me what your mom looked like? And I actually, I, I think God gave me that special moment where I could actually <laughs> draw something. And she would say things. And so I'm trying to draw her mother. You know, and I have no idea. Um, what she looks like, but it, it gave her such a sense of peace. I said, "Does this? Do you think this could be possibly what your mother looks like?" And she goes, "Yes." And it was interesting because we have no idea, but it, there there was a soothing and a settling of her soul that happened. Uh, it was really beautiful. So, wow, that, what a wonderful yeah. story! Yeah, we, it's such a gift to give to your children. You know, it is, and I think by doing that. You, you're giving them the tools to give to their children. And and you, I don't know about you, but we, you know, my grandmothers gave me the gift of watching them cook and make cakes and, you know, giving, you know, one of them, and I mentioned it in the book, talks about picnics. I love picnics. And, and so you have a history that you get from that. You know, and, and I think one of the things that my grandmothers taught me and my mother and my father taught me, which is I passed down to mine, is like, you're going to learn to cook. You know, you, you've got to learn. And when you learn to cook, you have to learn to clean up. And I mean, just these independent things that they sound really silly, but it's amazing. Um, my daughter would go to co- one of my daughters went to college and she said they don't know how to do laundry. I'm like, no, 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 no. We need to prepare our babies better. <laughs> you know, that Absolutely. is a good thing. Yeah. And cooking. And uh, and then I, I was also even thinking, um, I don't know what, how you, it, you have children, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I included them in so much of my life. And, and most of us had to, you know, mm-hmm. like I was working. And, and so whenever I would take, whenever it was voting time, I would take them in there with me. You know, and they just learned it's valuable to vote. And they're just, you know, or shopping. It's, and, and one of the best things, my daughter was just talking about the other day, my youngest, well, my next to youngest. She got, I was talking to her about a budget and, and, and why budgets are good. Um, and she goes, you know, I remember that when you first got me. 
because she was seven and a half. She goes, I remember you had these little envelopes and you were always pulling, you know, you would pull the money out and then you would, it was labeled with something she didn't read at the time. Um, and, and that in itself is a gift. She goes, I always wanted that little folder that you had that you kept money in. So, I mean, these are the kind of really intangible gifts that we leave. And, they, they really are. Yeah. So. I know I had a, well, Jacques' mom was from Sicily. His dad was from mm. France, France the, as Jacques from France. Yeah. But his mom was from Sicily. And when we got married, we wanted to do something for Christmas because we, we he loved turkey, but he wanted to do that for Thanksgiving. And he wanted something special just for Christmas. And I said, well, why don't we make ravioli? So I made the dough. Uh, he made the sauce and his mom made the filling. And it was all these old Sicilian recipes that we were using. And, and one of the his kids mentioned something about it to me. And I thought, you know what? I, it, I feel like it's my responsibility to, to pass that on. So I found a, a binder-like cookbook that said family recipes on it. And I got one for each of the kids in, in both of our families. And I went through all the recipes that I collected from my grandmother, my mother, his mom, uh, and anybody that I could, that was, any of them would know who they were, and gave it to him for Christmas with all, all these recipes. And they they were really grateful for it. They thought it was so special to, to have that. And I'm so glad that I did it while I still had all those recipes around, because not all of them made it to Hawaii. And, but they, they have the, the copies of these things that are special to them. That's like the most special gifts. Yeah, I love it when we we as parents think of the the best gift ever, and that's the best gift ever, because now they can look in that. And I admire you that you made your own noodles for them. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm stymied by that, but oh, I think that, that ravioli was so good. <laughs> it had to be. It had to be so perfect with all those recipes that you have. You had to market it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, it was neat because I still have his his grandchildren talk to me about, oh, I remember we'd always stop by your house, even though they'd already had a big Christmas dinner at another relative's house before they came to our house every year, but they always wanted to get some of that ravioli because <laughs> they liked it so much. So, so now they've got a recipe. Yeah. But it came a tradition and that you all had, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and the, the other thing that happened, um, he, he had one granddaughter actually triplet granddaughters and two of them are on the spectrum and one of them is incredibly brilliant and she graduated from college during the pandemic she graduated in three years with a double major in chinese and world cultural studies oh my i mean she's, she's this brilliant yeah. girl yeah. so i said why don't you come see me in in maui come spend a week with me in maui for your graduation present and she was thrilled. And when she got here, she said, would you teach me how to make that ravioli? Oh. So we did it together. We took pictures yeah. of us doing it together. And then yeah. her birthday was shortly after that. So I sent her her own pasta machine to, to roll it out with the old, oh. old fashioned crank type like I yeah. used. And, and she was so, so thrilled with that and so excited about it because she she was the age difference was so much that I don't think she even remembers uh, Jacques' mom because you know they I think she died after the girls were born but 
they they were too young to have remembered her, so they they didn't remember us doing that together with that whole whole family. But she'd heard the stories about the ravioli, so she wanted to know how to how to make them. So I made but sure she had the recipes. That and, on. Mm-hmm, yeah. I mean, I think that is an amazing story. And oh, it was so that, much fun. <laughs> well, but that you paid attention and that you connected to her in that way. I think a, a large part of what we do or can do as grandparents and parents is to listen and to and and sometimes I want to get preachy and say, well, da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. but we need to go where they're going. And the fact that they were interested in the family history like that, if she was interested, I and and I don't know, this generation is very foodie oriented. I, I, you know, and we need to listen to this, you know, gather around the table and let them cook food. That's, I haven't, I don't think I have cooked anything for Thanksgiving dinner in the last three years because all my children, I raised them to do this cooking thing and to, and they, and I, I mean, I would just say, they would say, can we just go invent something? I said, Sure. You know, you you also know that the kitchen's going to be a little dirtier than normal, you know. And so, I you know, I would they pipe up around the holidays, or they pipe up when we get together, and they'll say, "I'm bringing this, I'm bringing that, I'm bringing that." Well, everything's brought by then, so I just I usually um, just pay for the turkeys and whatnot, and and somebody else wants to cook them, and so it is a. Spending time around food, around the table, I, it's priceless. It's in this really quick society. I think it's something that we have to make priority. Yes, yeah, yeah. we really, we really do. It's so, so important to have uh, have the talks and 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 pay attention to the yes, conversations. That was I it. think that's that's yeah. one thing that. Things could just slip by if you're thinking about what you're going to say next. But if you're paying attention to the conversations with the people who matter to you, then then you can um, act on them and it can be really special. Right. Yeah, just like that cookbook, that is just heartwarming. And, you know, I and that done, I, I was thinking, wow, I've never, have I ever done anything that heartwarming? Um, but I, I, I do remember collecting letters from my dad for his birthday and then on other birthdays I would collect letters for both and I haven't done it for my younger adults I should probably should do that but just have other people write them letters and then collect it in a book and so it's not you speaking into the lives it's somebody else and they I as if I recall my my middle adults still have their books so yes recipes letters meaningful things paying attention I love it uh, when my yeah. my parents had their fiftieth anniversary, I made a, a scrapbook like that for them, and I I loved it because I learned all these things about them that I didn't know, you know, because I I could I knew a whole a whole lot of their friends and of course relatives and people were, and I I sent a letter to everybody that I could find an address for that I knew that they knew. And people sent things back, and that that it was so cool reading whether whether they liked it or not. I got a lot out of it, but yeah. I know that it was very special to them. Yeah. Well, you seem very intentional and diligent, and so I really appreciate that. Well, thank you, you know, yeah, no, it's 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 a beautiful thing to to see somebody operate that way, and it's, you inspire other people. So thank you. 
Well, thank you very much. And thank you for being on the show today. This has been just a a wonderful conversation. And I I love to do things like this so that we can inspire and pass things on to other people and go, oh, I could do that. You know, now's the time to prepare, prepare for Christmas, even though it's a way off with a gift like the recipes, because you can start doing a little bit at a time putting, a, you know, just collecting them, and then it's not that big of a deal to do it, but the gift turns out to be something fabulous. Yeah, no, I mean, and you think about it, when you went that many generations, it's perfect. Yeah. It's Christmas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Well, thank you for being here today. I hope everybody will go get a copy of your your beautiful book after the flowers die we didn't talk about it that much (laughs) but it's it's i love it because you can just you can look at the table of contents and go oh that's what i need to read today well and that's how i i did it because you you've experienced this you you don't really it's hard to read when you're grieving and grieving is a one of those ongoing different kind of things that just changes as the years change, um, but you can't read, uh, particularly in the short months afterwards, a lot. So I intentionally, someone had said, make it longer. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It needs to be short. I, I purposely made the titles kind of, some of them kind of wacky to infuse a little bit of lightness into it. But yeah, it needs to be short. We And, and as you said, the designer did a great job on the, yes, the beautiful the design. So. And the cover is life-giving. It reminds me of the Lord of the Rings and the Shire. So we can be hobbits. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I will have all of the information for uh, Renee in the show notes so that you can get the book for yourself or to share with other people and find out more about Renee because she's a pretty yeah. special person. Uh, well, thank you. And you are too. And they can... People can email me for a PDF file on some of the, I have it listed down, some of the things we can do for our children. So if they would like to email me. so That's great. But thank you so much. I don't know how to say goodbye in Hawaiian. Aloha. Oh, oh, that's easy. I love that. Aloha Aloha. is aloha and goodbye. And it it actually, if you translate it, it is the breath of life. Oh, that is so beautiful. So, yeah. It, one thing that's really beautiful about it is the way the Hawaiians say it. And I haven't seen women do it, but I have seen men do it, where they come up to the person that they're going to say it to, and they put their foreheads together and put their hand behind the, the neck of the person that they're saying it to with their, their foreheads together that close. And they say aloha at the same time because they're sharing that they're breath sharing of life. Breath. Wow. It's beautiful. I did not know that. Well, I guess I'll be the only North Carolinian saying aloha. Yeah, and you can. And if they ask you why, you can tell them the story. So. Yes, I can. I can. I doubt I'll be grabbing people and breathing on them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially with COVID and everything. But. Yeah. Well, actually, it's probably because I'm going to have ravioli tonight now. Thank oh, you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good. Okay, well, thank you very much. And I'll see my listeners again next time. So thanks for listening. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Do you want more comfort, support, and happiness? Join the Grief and Happiness Alliance. 
visit my website at lovingandlivingyourwaythroughgrief.com and read my book, Loving and Living Your Way Through Grief. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, rate it, review it, and binge on all our episodes on grief and happiness. I can't wait to welcome you back to another episode 